0: This is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is lesson number three in Lessons in Redemption. We're gonna talk about today, where does temptation comes from? Oh, it comes out there from the devil, that's true. Oh, it comes from the world, that's true. But it mainly comes from you. It's called the nature of the flesh. And you have the ability to tempt yourself without the devil doing anything. We'll talk about that today and how to have power over
1: it. Join me today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Good morning and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. This is part number three. Probably there's gonna be one more day on this of taking up and understanding redemption, what God has redeemed us from, but also what God has redeemed us to. And so uh, in the past two days, we've been talking about the nature of the flesh. And really in the garden, when God told Adam and Eve in Genesis 2:17, he said, "'But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, "'you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it, "'you shall surely die.'" Now I want you to note some things about it because the first thing that happens when we say, well, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, most people say, well, they already knew good. All that God showed them or what was revealed to them was evil. No, they learned a good they had never known before. All they had ever known was God's good, divine good. But what came along in that tree of the knowledge of good and evil is Satan's substitute for divine good, which is human good. And human good is for every religion of the earth, every do good system, every work system to where man comes before God and says, look what I have done. And the talk, the Bible talks about that and says it in Isaiah that in that type of, of good deeds, it says God, God basically just says it stinks in his nostrils. This is what it smells like. And God is simply saying you can't bring your good works to me. In other words, nothing we can offer God can give us eternal life and nothing we can offer God after we're born again can please him except for that which comes out of the recreated spirit inside of us. So when Adam and Eve ate of the tree, the tree became a part of them. In the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the wor- reason why the word surely is there because the word die is mentioned twice. Many of your margins will represent this way and say it this way, dying, you shall die. Dying, present tense, you shall die, future tense. Dying, present tense was spiritual death. And then eventually what set forth in their body hundreds of years later was physical death. Had they never sinned, Adam and Eve, they never would have died spiritually. And next of all, they never would have died physically. But they did choose to do that and they threw the whole human race into slavery, and we've talked about that for the past couple of days, and that is the slave market. So let's just get back to some simple things. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree, the tree became a part of them. The tree is the nature of the flesh. When the Bible talks about the flesh and the flesh dwells no good thing, all this, what it's talking about and why it's called the flesh is because that's where the tree abides. Whenever they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it became a part of their human makeup because the ground was cursed and that tree was cursed. Then the part of them that came from the dust of the ground was cursed also. Their spirit didn't come from the dust of the ground. God made that. Their their, um, soul didn't come from the dust of the ground, but their body came from the dust of the ground, and therefore another term for the nature of the flesh is sin singular, or we could come back to it and say that the tree of the knowledge of evil is the nature of the flesh. It abides inside of us. Here's where it comes down to. Whether you're a sinner or a saint, all sin and all human good comes from your flesh, comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What do I mean by that? Well, if you don't know Jesus Christ, then what the world does is they just simply bounce back and forth from good to evil, good to evil, good to evil. And they try to say, well, if my good will outweigh my evil, if my good deeds will outweigh my sins, then God will let me into heaven. So they strive through their life so that the good will outweigh the evil. But both come from the flesh. Both come from the fall, and because of that, there's nothing in your flesh that can please God. In the flesh dwells no good, divine good, thing. And so the world offers to him their good works. They go to church, they do all these things, they help people, uh, they give to charities, but on the other hand, they might run out and sin a little bit. And then at the end, they finally come back and most of them think, well, you know, I, I think I'm better than Bill down here. I'm better than Mary over here. And they think that they're going to stand before God and get into heaven because of that. If you could get into heaven through your good works, why did Jesus have to come and die? And so Jesus came and died for us and really offered it to us now back to divine good. Adam and Eve, failed in the area of divine good and Jesus came and brought divine good back and by faith in him we can now receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's take that a step further. You never lose the nature of the flesh. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil remains in you until the day you die. Since it's part of your flesh, it's going to die. Since it's part of this human body, it's going to die and so that will come one day. But in the meantime, if you are a Christian, you have the recreated Holy Spirit inside of you. Your spirit's been recreated, The Holy Spirit lives there, and because the Holy Spirit lives there, that's where your life before God comes out. But the moment you become carnal, the moment that you commit a sin and you won't admit it, you won't confess it, you're back under the control of the flesh, and you're no different in your appearance and your actions than a sinner. It comes back to this, is that a carnal Christian imitates the unbeliever. Although he has the Holy Spirit living in him, the Holy Spirit has no control over him. He's under the control of of the flesh again, and he bounces right back in carnality to, I'll go to church more. I'll give more money at the church. I'll spend more time in prayer. I'll study my Bible more. And sinners can do that, but it doesn't take them to heaven. Christians can do that, but it doesn't take them back into fellowship with God. It's the blood that saves us in the first place. It's the blood also that brings us back into fellowship with the Lord. When I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I became born again, that was through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But whenever I sin as a Christian, if I confess my sins, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that brings me back into fellowship with the Lord, 1 John 1.7. In that verse of scripture, we're simply told again, we need to come back in by means of faith and by means of grace. We can't come with our own human works. And what happens is while we're out of fellowship with God, And while we're walking in the nature of the flesh, we are piling up a lot of things for the judgment seat of Christ that's gonna be held against us. They'll be burned up while we're there. We will not be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, even though it's called the judgment seat of Christ. A better term for it is the reward seat of Christ. But the things that I have done in carnality will be called wood, hay, and stubble. What I have done under the control of the Holy Spirit will be called gold, silver, and precious stones. And after that is over, after the judgment seat of Christ is over, the reward seat of Christ is over, all the things I have done in my flesh, while I'm a Christian, will be burned up and destroyed, and what's left over, I'll be rewarded for. So this is simply, we're coming back to here, a comparison of good and evil that's inside of us and good and evil that's inside of a unbeliever, but we have a higher nature, a greater nature, a more powerful nature in us, that is the recreated spirit. That way, if I walk in the spirit, I do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Why again, is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil placed inside of us, why? It's another term for the word sin in the singular. And as by one man sin entered into the world, but where that sin abides from sin comes all of our sins. It's like again, the motherfly. The motherfly produces all these little flies. If we could get to her, then we could conquer all those other flies. Once you learn to conquer the nature of the flesh in you and learn to control it. And then when it does get out of control, then you let it get out of the control. You bring it right back into control through 1 John 1, 9. You simply confess your sins. You found out the power that you have. Here's the point. It comes back to this now that the nature of the flesh calls sin. The reason why it's called the nature of the flesh, that's where it's located in you. It's located in your body. And I'll give you some scriptures on that, all right? And until that time, again, we are under the control of the Holy Spirit when we follow after the Lord. But the term flesh or the word sin in the singular, it's found in the body. Let me give you some scriptures on that. Romans chapter six, verses 12 and 13 says, let not sin singular, therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust of it, neither yield your members, that's your body, your finger, your toes, all the instruments of your body. Yield not your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin to follow after the control of the nature of the flesh. But yield yourself to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness toward God. Notice in that verse of scripture, it's called, here's where sin abides your mortal body. Here's where it says, don't yield your members. That's the members of your body. And closing that verse down, it says, and your members should be yielded as instruments of righteousness to God. Well, let's take a look at Romans chapter seven. Take a look at verse five. Romans chapter seven and verse five says this, for when we were in the flesh, that's either as a sinner or else as a carnal Christian, when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were aroused by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Look at verse 22 through 24. Verse 22 says this, "'I delight in the law of God after the inward man.'" That's your spirit. Your spirit will always delight in the things of God. You have to allow it though. And if you allow sin to take over and your carnal nature to take over and the nature of the flesh to take over, even though the Holy Spirit lives there, he's lost control of you at that time. Verse 22, I delight in the law of the Lord after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. That's your body warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. Well, what's going to deliver you from the body of this death? Well, first of all, be physical death or else the rapture of the church. At that moment, this mortal shall put on immortality. Corruptible shall put on incorruption. I'll have a resurrection body just like that of Jesus Christ. And the moment you die, The nature of the flesh dies with your human body because it's part of the human body. The human body does not go to heaven. There is no place in heaven for it. And the Bible says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. One more verse of scripture on that, James chapter four and verse one. Where do wars and fightings come from among you? Do not they come from lust that war in your members? Here we have it again. James brings it out. Paul brought it out so many times in the book of Romans and it comes back to this. This is why that we need the renewing of our mind because it's the renewing of our mind that makes the choice. The choice each day when the temptations of the flesh come along, the, 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 your will could go, okay, I'll do that. Or your will could go, oh no, I won't do that. But what happens is as you grow in the word of God, Your mind becomes renewed to the word of God. Your strength increases in the Lord every single day. And you have more power each and every day that when temptations come along, you can do just like Jesus did and look at that temptation and say, it is written, it is written, it is written. This is the power that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're getting ready to go into halftime. And at halftime, we talk about the offers that we have. We have some great offers for you today. But I just simply want to say thank you to all my partners, those who have faithfully stood with me for so long to help me get this message out. And the message is, in fact, it's the grace of God, but it's Bible-wide. It's Old Testament, New Testament. And we talk about passage I pastored for 33 years, and during that time taught verse by verse throughout the entire Word of God. Now, all those notes, all those things I have. And you know what? It's still as much a blessing today, if not more than it's ever needed been needed before. And today it's also needed strongly for the day that we are living in. So if you're not a partner with me, would you go to my website, bobgandian.com? You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I look forward to seeing you do that. Look forward to you joining with, me with all the rest of these wonderful partners that I have and look forward to the great things that are going to be accomplished in the future. Thank you for it. We'll see you right after the
1: break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse by verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation, and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com.
0: Theology Simplified, this is a class I teach at Keras Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the student's favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all that covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, i say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself.
1: Blessings upon blessings to you. at bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: In the second half of this broadcast, what I wanna do now is learn to understand the flesh. We've talked about it, we've identified it, what comes from, but let's understand the flesh and what really our battle is. Our main battle is not the devil. Our main battle is not the world. Our main battle is the flesh. Why? Because it's through the flesh that we yield to Satan, that we yield to the things of the world. You can be like Jesus, surrounded by every temptation of the devil and still say no. You can be like Jesus, surrounded by every temptation of the world and say no. All right. But that comes again by growth. So if we understand the nature of the flesh, again, we point out in the first half of this broadcast, it's in our body. It's in our members. It's it's bound in this thing, and it we will not lose it until we die. And the moment we die and this this body starts to deteriorate and we go to heaven, we do not take the nature of the flesh with us because the nature of the flesh is not in our spirit and not in our soul. Those are the two parts that go to heaven. And then one day God will give us a resurrection body at the rapture of the church. And when that occurs, we'll have a body just like Jesus. So spirit, soul, and body, we will have no nature of the flesh at all. So let's understand the flesh. Another name for the flesh is Sin, sin in the singular, where is it located? It's located in our human body. So in essence, this is the tree. The tree that was in the garden, the moment they ate of it, it became a part of them. And the part of them, it became, it joined itself to their body. That's why all these scriptures that talk about sin in the singular is attached to your body. We took that up in the first half of this broadcast. Now, here it is. All human good comes from the flesh. Divine good comes from God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. But all human good, whether it's in a sinner or in a saint, It comes from the flesh. All personal sins, all personal evil come from the flesh. None of it ever comes from God until the time that Adam and Eve sinned. They only knew divine good, period. They didn't know anything else. What was introduced in their life was human good and evil. And these two things are really what we see in the world today. The main battle we see in the world today is not really good, versus evil, and that's what we often think, that's what's gonna take us to heaven or send us to hell. No, the major thing that's found in this world today, the major argument going on and the major battle going on is divine good versus human good. And this is what we have where religion comes in contact with faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. One comes from man, one comes from God. One comes ultimately from Satan himself, all religion, the other comes from God himself. All personal sins, and all personal evil come from the flesh. Yet, both human good and evil come from sin or the nature of the flesh. Sins come from sin. Inside of our flesh, we have a nature, they're called sin singular, but from that come all the sins that we commit. And so the Lord is simply saying, when we learn to walk with God and learn to follow after him, we actually get control over sin in the singular, which means that sins in our life can come to a stop. And God's ultimate goal for us is not for us to sin at all. Now I haven't reached it yet. I'm closer than I've ever been. But you know, God's goal for us is that we sin not. These things right we unto you, that you sin not. He told the woman that had been caught in adultery, she left, he said, go and sin no more. Now, do you think she ever sinned again? Of course she did, but you know what the point is? He's telling each and every person, my personal goal for you is that you come to a place in your life where you never sin again. Now, again, it's impossible as far as I'm concerned, but God's simply saying, set your goal high. I'd rather shoot for the moon and miss it than to shoot for the ceiling and make it. All personal sins and all personal evil come from the flesh, yet both human good and evil come from sin, or as we said, from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Sins come from sin. Human good comes from the sin nature human good comes from the area of the flesh. Our own righteousnesses are as filthy rags in his sight. And listen to me, an unbeliever can offer this to the Lord, but a Christian can also offer that. When a Christian becomes carnal and no longer under the control of the Holy Spirit, everything he offers to God is like filthy rags. It again comes back to you're offering it from the flesh. Now, the one that offers it as far as trying to get salvation is the sinner, but the one who uses it and tries to come back into fellowship with God is a carnal. Christian. Let me take a look at that word carnal for just a moment. Uh, we have it in our English language, and it also it comes in, across in Spanish. The Greek word for carnal is the Greek word carne And it's where we get the word for meat, like chili con carne, okay? It's the fleshly part of you, the meaty part of you. And that's what Stembley is saying is, when I am carnal, I'm under the control of my human body and the tissues and all the stuff that's there because that's where the nature of the flesh abides. Adam and Eve covered their body with fig leaves the moment they sinned, they had lost contact with divine good, and they turned to human good immediately. And the first thing they thought about, we need to cover our nakedness, and they covered their nakedness with fig leaves. God, after that, covered it with animal skins. God did something as close to forever as possible as he could. They grabbed the first thing they could find, and all they thought about was temporarily covering the their nakedness. In a few days, they have to replace that again. This is what human good is. We offer to God, it dies. We offer something else, it dies. There is no eternal life attached to anything we can give to God from our flesh, whether you're a sinner or a saint, but once you're born again and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are saved and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, but you're also covered in the robes of righteousness that God gives to us. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to cover themselves with human good. And it only is something that lasted for a short time. God went again and showed them the plan of salvation by the shedding of blood of an animal and then covering them with that animal skin, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. If a man could be right with each other, their thought was they could be right with God. Adam and Eve, the first thing they saw was they had sinned and they do what men and women do today. They turn and try to be right with each other. Our whole concept seems to be if blacks and whites and Hispanics and Orientals and all that, if we could just all get along, then God would accept us. No, it's not that way. God doesn't accept you because you get along with someone else. You can get along with someone else once you find a relationship with God. God wants us to be right with him first and then we can be right with people around us. The seeming battle in the world today is good versus evil, but that's not the main battle God sees. Good deeds outweighing bads. Fig leaves covering our nakedness, but the biggest battle God sees today is human good versus divine good. And this is where we have man's attempt to be righteous, all the do-good systems we have around it, and it all comes from the flesh, and you know what it says in Romans, in the flesh dwells no divine good thing. No matter what you offer from your flesh, no matter how good looking it is, it still comes from the flesh. And whatever the flesh can produce, it's temporary, it falls apart. Years ago, when I was I was young, I watched a show on TV, Lost in Space. Never forgot about it. There's this one episode I never forgot about. And that was, they went out they were on this, they were on this planet and every day they go out and roam around looking and they'd find new things. And as they were going around, they found this flower, and it was a beautiful flower. But it was so just standing there all by itself. And so they plucked the flower up, and they dug it up, and took it back in, and put it inside the spaceship. And they, they and and the, and they had laid a, a laser gun next to it, and they laid that laser gun next to it. And the next day they came by, and there were two laser guns there. And they thought, what is this? And they picked it up and looked at it, and they picked up and looked at it. And what they found out was, whatever you laid in front of this plant, it would duplicate. And they were so excited. They thought about that we could duplicate food. They started naming all the stuff they could do. But it didn't take long for the for the the uh, uh, a phaser that this thing had duplicated. It fell apart, and they suddenly realized it didn't make a phaser. It made an imitation of a phaser of a flower. A flower can only produce a flower. And it may look like a gun, it may look like a phaser, but it's not. You say, what is this all about? That's what your flesh does. Your flesh tries to imitate God, but everything it produces falls apart because flesh can only produce flesh, spirit produces spirit. When I act out of my spirit on the inside, my eternal spirit, gives forth eternal answers. Whatever it brings forth is eternal, but whatever my flesh brings forth may look like an imitation and a good imitation of what God can do, but in my flesh dwells no eternal good thing and whatever it produces, it falls apart. So what is the problem? And what is the answer? Sin or your flesh and the human works it produces, good or bad, are the problem. No problem in your life comes from your human spirit if you're born again, that's where the Holy Spirit lives. But every problem you have, good or bad problems, come from the nature of the flesh. And so we may look like we've got all these problems around us, but the point of it is, if the flesh produces the problem, how can it produce the answer? Because in the flesh dwells no good thing. Sinful sinners are easier to win than morally good and religious people are. In other words, I went to preach one time when I was invited uh, to Sin City. I mean, they invited me there to Las Vegas, talked about it. When I got there, I was ministering. And I found it very easy in that meeting. In fact, we met in a room in a casino. I mean, it was just a big hotel. One of the rooms we were using there and we left the back doors open so people could hear as they walked by. And people were walking by with a drink in one hand, cigarettes in the other hand, they were walking by talking and stuff. And they went by the door. And oftentimes I'd see them slow down and stop on the other side. I gave an invitation at the end of the first meeting and we had people actually walk out of the hall and come in to receive Jesus as savior. And I've commented to the pastor, he said, listen, he said, Las Vegas is the easiest place you'll ever see to get people saved. He said, it's easy to get people out of Las Vegas. He said, it's difficult to get Las Vegas out of the people. He said, this is one of the most sinful places you'll find, but people know something when they come here, this is not the answer. And they try their best to find the answer here. He said, they find Jesus Christ, but they find walking with him more difficult because of all of the temptations that are around here. It simply comes back to this. Jesus Jesus had his easiest time winning people on the streets and his hardest time winning religious people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The same thing is true with us. The problems that Paul faced came from the area of the flesh and the area of the flesh that affected him the most was religious people. And, And from their flesh, they were producing human good. He had very little problems getting people on the other side who were wicked and evil. From the flesh, the flesh is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Those who lived lives in evil and sin were the first ones to run to him knowing they couldn't redeem themselves and receive him as Lord and Savior. But again, whether it's good deeds or bad deeds, whether it's good or evil, it comes from the nature of the flesh. And this is our problem. The problem is, again, from the flesh, the answer comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and his grace are the answer to the problem we have. The law was not the problem and the law was not the answer. It was the teacher and the revealer of both good and evil. We'll take this up next time we come back, starting in this very place right here. In the meantime, again, I want to tell you, we have a great offer on this. And listen, the offers that I give and the things that I sell, the things that come across are not just to be looked at and said, well, Bob just made some money off this thing. No, it's to last. Listen, whatever you spend on that book, whatever you spend on that CD series, whatever it is, will be duplicated over and over again, because you can't hear it one time and get it all. You got to hear it again and again and again and be blessed every single day after that. So I'll see you tomorrow, have a good day, and we'll resume right here tomorrow where we left
1: off. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.